Welcome to Education Suspended, a podcast focused on exploring, engaging, and dialoguing with those in education who are passionate about changing the status quo and evolving the archaic system we have inherited. Education Suspended is a production of Intricate Roots Educational Consulting Services. Our editor and production manager is Katie Kunin. Our producer is Jamie Higa, and our music is provided by Poets Row. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Education Suspended. Jessica Pfeiffer here. If I sound a little stuffy, I am definitely fighting something off. We had a really exciting Friday. Jamie and I both defended our capstone doctoral paper. So we're done. We're done. We graduate in May. And then I feel like my body is under the impression that it could just shut down because school is done and that's not the case. Hence, it is Tuesday evening and I'm finally getting this because I was on the couch all weekend. So I'm sorry that we're releasing this late, but hopefully y'all understand. So for those of you that have not listened to any of our reflective dissociation sessions, that's fine. I just want to give a little uh, history to why we do this. So essentially every four episodes, we get together and we just take some time to hit pause and reflect on everything that we've learned. It's important for us to, to help everyone understand that reflection and reflective dissociation is part of the learning process. It's how we consolidate new information. And so while we try to absorb as much as we can in the interviews, the reality is we can't soak it all in. And this is just a really good time for us to come back together, ponder everything, connected to our area of practice, highlight our big takeaways, uh, and just have that space for us to do that. This is our first one of season two. We had four amazing interviews. We'll, we'll continue to do this all season. Hopefully you enjoy it and you're able to spend this time as well, kind of connecting. We did give homework in this, in this episode, which was to tell someone about this podcast. We're grateful that you all listen and we hope you're doing well. Sit back and enjoy our first reflective dissociation session of season two. Let's just get it going. The recording's already happening. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Ladies and gentlemen, this is reflective dissociation <laughs> going on, and I'm half asleep. No, I'm not. It's been a long day for you. <laughs> um, look at us. I'm seeing you twice, well, two days in a row and twice in one day. I know. That's okay. I'd it's... like to do that more often. Now, I'm going to see yeah. you three days in a row. Let me also say, you don't have to come tomorrow. It's literally 10 minutes. Not a big deal. No, that's Friday. Oh, my God. What day of the week is it? Tomorrow we have, well, you might see me tomorrow. I'm going to see you four days in a row. You got to go to the advanced trainer meeting tomorrow at 11. Okay, you're right. Yeah, so that's Friday. So I'll see you tomorrow the advanced and then Friday. Okay, so I was going back and looking at our episodes. Season two is, wow. Two of them had kids. I love it. I know. I really kids. like that. I want us to, to be intentional about that this season of trying to get some, I love the student voice. Oh, I think so too. And, and I don't know that many people are doing that. No, I think it, it, I really want us to keep, to keep doing that and, and focus on that. And our first episode of season two, students from the Academy of Urban Learning, I think, well, I was so grateful. They were so gracious with their time. They were so kind. That school, if anyone is in the Denver metro area, should really take a chance to visit that system. We really have to have Jen Jackson on this podcast because she gets it. It's really interesting. I don't want, and I don't want to share her whole story because clearly I want to interview her, but just how she's changed the system around the adults and the ripple effect that it's had on the kids is really cool. And you could, you could hear that, right? Oh, in their you could feel and feel it. The, the kids 
Yeah, they were honest too. I mean, they kind of talked about where they haven't been treated well. And now this school is a, like a revelation and a revolution. It's so different for them. It's both. You know, I don't remember all the details, but I loved, I just love the kids. I think, like you said, we got to do that more. Mm -hmm. We got to interview actual students. Um, then it they're, brings it yeah. home. Their stories. It was their stories that really, which we've, we've been talking about this entire podcast that really hit home for me. I think to hear, especially through COVID, right. But even outside of COVID of like, just how every family system is so unique and how the system missed that for them and couldn't kind of meet them where they were at. And the impact that that had on them was a big piece for me. And then the other thing I remember was when we asked them, do they remember a time in their life when the system, that they, that they left the system feeling that they weren't smart? Yeah. And that was really heartbreaking to hear that. I mean, two of, two of the three said in elementary school which is so young. Yeah. And it, it, it makes you think of some schools still see kids as commodities. Yeah. I just, you know, I got an interesting email the other day that relates maybe to these kids. Mm -hmm. It said, we got to quit seeing kids as even in social emotional learning, we have to quit seeing kids as people who need to be fixed. And often that falls on our more marginalized kids, which we've found at this school clearly. And I, I responded, I said, no, we don't need to fix kids. We need to find them. Yeah. I mean, really kind of what Stuart, Stuart was saying, Dr. Ablon, in, in that second episode of the season. And I should just pause. People, his episode, which I think we knew, we both knew was going to happen. His episode really hit home with a lot of people. I think a lot of teachers are feeling that the system, which is so normal, but as the system becomes more stressed, they gravitate towards compliance. And it's yep. not working. And so that was a good connection between the student voices and starting with that and then shifting to that system's lens of like, you've got to have that empathetic perspective and understand if you don't know where these behaviors are coming from or truly, I guess, comprehend the life of the kid, it's hard. Yeah. And, and he just hit the nail on the head with a comment that I won't forget. I can't say it as well as he did, but he said, you know, we come out of COVID and we raised expectations without taking measure of kids' skills. Mm -hmm. He said, so instead of raising skills to meet expectations, we raised expectations above the level of skill. That is a recipe for disaster for any kid trying to make it in school. I won't forget that. And he said it so clearly. It's a message every school needs to hear. Yeah, I've, I've been using that lens since he said it, because I agree it was a good reminder of just in general, we have, a, we have a typical developmental progress that we expect kids to make, and they did not make it in the last two years. And you're right, we had a chance, to, <laughs> had a chance to, to meet these kids where they were and we didn't do it. And I'm curious as to, I'm curious as to what the long-term ram ramifications of that will be. What is education going to look like now for the next couple of years based on how we manage this year, I suppose? Yeah. You know, and they keep saying, oh, our kids have lagging skills and they'll, they're not going to catch up. And I just, I don't, I don't agree with that. I think they have latent skills. I think they're, mm -hmm. they're there. They need to be uncovered and kids need to be allowed to do that in their own time. I think that's what Stuart was saying. Let's, again, let's not look at them as 
commodities that are data points mm-hmm. that make us feel good. Let's look at as human beings who have not only suffered through the pandemic, but learned a lot from the pandemic. I think it goes back to an article we shared way back, is that let's let our kids speak about what they've gone through. Let's Let's explore what they've learned during this time instead of shoving standardized tests and all things kind of things at them and this whole business of catch up. It's not, it doesn't make any sense. And, and yet we do it. You, you said it a minute ago, systems under stress just go with compliance and turning kids back into what I said earlier, commodities. They're just empty vessels. We need to hurry up, hurry up and fill too. Not, not just fill. We need to hurry up and do it. Well, and I just keep going back even today. Did you like my Alanis Morissette? Isn't it ironic? Don't you think comment? Yeah. I think the group thought it was pretty funny, <laughs> but I'm going to use that line again. It is. I, and I say this all the time and people are sick of me saying it. It's just ironic to me that in, in the hopes of making up this learning loss and pushing forward at a pace that makes no sense with expectations that are not appropriate, we are in turn making the learning loss worse. Yes. Which I just, I can't wrap my head around it. I can't wrap my head around it, but I don't know. I'm hoping policymakers at some point, I don't know. I guess it's, you know, we'll slowly get there. We'll slow. Well, we've said it a lot of times and and we'll say it again. It's a big ship with a small rudder and it's not easy to turn, but it is turning. It is turning. And it, you know, it's turning and the reminder, right. Again, going back to the stories of, of how it's turning. We had Carrie Mueller um, from best buddies on that next episode with Gavin and Natasha. And that that's actually a good reminder, Grainer. It is turning. There are beautiful stories out there. Oh. People in these systems. I, it, what a good episode. Carrie has a heart of gold, just the work that she does. But this is a program that literally survives off the belief that relationships change lives. Yeah. I was delightful. Mm-hmm. I told my family about that interview. And it, it was like everyone said, would think we wish our grand, my grandkids, you don't have grandkids. I, I mean, but Quinny, I mean, all kids, grandkids, wouldn't you want them to have a neurodiverse friend that was their buddy at school? And that's a certainly a, an exchange that's wonderful for both. Man, I, I just saw magic between those two. And both of them were blossoming because of it. It was you know? so, it was so reciprocal. Oh yeah, that's the word I couldn't find. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm really good with large words, so glad I could help you. If you ask me to spell it, I will throw something at you. Yeah, it I was, was just going to mention that spelling part. Cool. Um, yeah, like I'll, I'll, I'll cover you there. Thank you. Thank you. I think at the at face value, you could it would be easy to go into that situation and just assume, well, you know, the neuro the neurodiverse kids are gonna are getting the most out of it, but in no form or fashion is that that the case. These no. students that that become the best buddy, they're getting just as much, and it's because every everyone needs that reciprocal piece. And so, I don't know. I just, it's just such a cool organization. I was so glad that they gave us their time. That's an organization I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with and follow. And we should. I'd love to have those kids on again. No episode will that will ever do will end better than uh, this beautiful child singing. Why can't we be friends? Why can't, Why can't we, we be friends? Be friends? That uh, who can do better than that? You know what? He had a hero's heart. Mm-hmm. Here's a kid because of the confidence he's gained from 
a relationship and more than one relationship because that's a relationship tree. I mean, it's, it starts with one relationship, but it branches out into so many areas. So here's this very confident kid thinking, I can help change the world. And he wants to be a hero. It's a and therapeutic he is. web. It's a therapeutic web at its best. Yeah. You know, is counteracts the right word, right? Like I think we, we began the season, we talked about those those three students that we interviewed who I just wonder what if there was if there was a relationship like that for them at any point along the road before before they're way in high school. And you know, then then we have Oka on after Carrie and she highlights this future of smart comes from that relational lens that that future of smart comes from the Gavins and Natasha's the students at AUL interfacing with an environment interfacing with an environment that leads them believe I'm good I'm smart um, there's something special about me that just connects with me so well of how the best buddies program it's helping it's helping that it takes me to the word soul, which is a word I've been really thinking about and discovering lately. And if I had to put a definition to it, I'd say it's your true and best and intended person. That's what these kids are finally discovering is who they really are. And that's when you can find the soul of a student, mm-hmm. then you're a successful teacher. But what I loved about Ulka is, is she took me back in time, you know, in her history of education, I felt like, wow, she triggered a lot of memories. I, I lived through a lot of that. And, and it was well-intended education reform, but it, ne- it never worked. But it was never based on relationships, nor was it based on finding the soul of the teacher. Yeah. And I think in the as the business model kind of, to me, intruded upon education, it really damaged who teachers really are it really took away the soul from a lot of educators who who were creative and progressive and then got kind of put into a box that you're only as good as your data shows. And that's what happened. You're spot on that you use the word soul. And she she brought that up in, in her own words. And she writes about that in her, in her book and in so many different ways of like that human-centered, that indigenous-focused education is exactly what she's highlighting there, right? You have to see the whole child. And I love, because you and I could talk about the brain and what that means in education at all times. And she did a really good job of remembering, you know, what's the brain and body, even though we know that. I'm glad that she specified there. Yes, they're one of the same, but they're not. They both have to be involved in that environment. And I think the other piece, towards the end of that episode, I remember like joking with her about, you know, in her book, she talks about the need to, there to be kind of strategy, being kind of prescriptive with the moves, but then she had this really just gentle reminder of like, it's, it's being prepared yet flexible. (laughs) Yeah. I just laughed because I, I needed that. I've had people already comment on her episode. Yeah. That, that uh, really one of our, one of our trainers listened to that episode and, and really felt inspired from it to want to become a systems changer, much like you think, Jessica, and ended up maybe, I I don't know, um, taking a job that was going to be more of a systems changing job. Loved loved hands-on work with kids, but almost making a sacrifice to say, I almost have to go beyond it. And Ulka is uh, someone who inspires that. 
yeah, on that her book, The Future of Smart. I've had a couple of people email me about it and text me about it, like, hey, should I really get this? 100% people. It's a very good book. There's just so much in it. Like it's, I found myself reading it and then having to go back and reread it because I was like, I want to make sure I got everything out of that. Yeah. It, it's like, it's not a book you are going to read cover to cover. Mm-mm. It's the kind of book that you want to just small doses, yep, chapter at slow, a time. You'll slow it up. Not, not because it's boring, it's because it's rich, it's dense. There's a lot there. I mean, it's very accessible, but very rich. <laughs> There's a lot there. You can only take so much. I loved her her commentary on, on the history of the last 30 years of education. When I started teaching Jessica, I really felt there was autonomy and creativity in abundance. Yeah. And I, I can't say that actually really changed for me personally, but it changed across the country. As I heard of young people, lovely, creative, smart young people going into teaching in in certain other states that all they were worried about was teaching to the test. And they spent weeks and weeks of time just getting prepared for a standardized test. That is stealing the soul of a teacher in the most heinous way. And I thought, man, I, I I would have quit teaching in a minute if that was the case. And I think we got to reclaim that creative, progressive valued ideas of current day teachers who who can use who they who they really are and express who they really are in the classroom and she gave us that reminder of if you 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 know utilizing the ecological framework of understanding i think she gave the broccoli analogy right it's just a smaller system within a smaller system it gives you some sense of agency as an educator what can i do in my classroom right now maybe i can't change this entire system but where are the the 20 minutes a couple times a day that I can bring in my own joy for myself and for the kids? And so that I love that she said that that's really been on on my heart since then. And I've, and I've talked to a couple other people about that of like, let's just view it as an ecosystem agency with the system that you can change, knowing that at some point it will begin to spread into the larger ecosystem. Yeah, it was fun to talk about that. We had shared a similar book. That the, <laughs> she knew the book and the author in a minute, in a second. I couldn't even remember the author. The name of the book was Reinventing Organizations. The really coolest chapter that I, I've read in that book is about seeing organizations as ecosystems, like you just mentioned, rather than top-down organizations or you know, heavy-handed ladder climbing kind of organizations. It was the, the value of an ecosystem. And that that was a nice metaphor for me. I think I just actually bought that book from my team. I loved how she, you both brought it up. Anyway, I can't believe, yeah, we're four, look at us, four seasons in, not four seasons, huh? That's a 40 and slip. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, wait, I've got to do this for four seasons. <laughs> You'll find me in the woods. You're going to have to get me at my cabin in Northern yeah, Minnesota. Find me in the woods. Four episodes into our second season. It's going well. We've got other great guests coming up. And, you know, I say it every time that we sit down here and just hash it all out. Thanks for yeah, doing this. I don't think we'll ever run out of good people to talk no. to. No, especially now that we're getting more student voices. Oh, man, I'm excited about that. Yeah. Thanks to everyone that listens. We truly appreciate it. Thanks to everyone that tells someone else about it. Maybe that's your homework. Look, we can give you some homework today. We want you to tell one other person about education suspended and let's see what happens. We... We love what we do and it's only possible because you all listen. So thanks for that. Listen, the summer is so close. This is like the hardest part of the year. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I'm and I'm knee deep in senioritis. I just have to say, Grainer, like I have no executive functioning skills. I'm like looking to the summer. And I'm like, it's so far away, but it's not. We're almost there. Yeah, but you are, and let me congratulate you officially on this podcast for becoming Dr. Pfeiffer. We're almost there. We're almost there. That's nuts. You are. Thanks for all you do. I'm sorry that you have to see me four days this week. I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) Lie to the listeners. Lie to them, Grainer. Okay. Well, we will, we'll talk to you all at our next episode and please take care of yourselves. Focus on your ecosystem. And we're grateful for all you do, everybody. Adios. (laughs) Adios.